Welcome to Business Dharma, conversations about the future of business at the intersection of people, planet, profit, and spirituality for leaders, innovators, visionaries, and changemakers. We explore ideas and build the bridge to the future. It is with mixed feelings that we say goodbye to the Business Dharma podcast. It has been an awesome ride, and we're very grateful to all our guests that have shared their wisdom, insights, and precious time. We also want to thank our network for your continued support. Now we invite you to buckle up for the final ride where we share our reflections, learnings, and plans for the future. Morning, Tanner. Hello. Hey, Kim. How's it going? I'm good. I'm a little bit kind of mixed feelings today as we record our very last episode of Business Dharma. It's like this excitement about what's next. And then as you and I were in the studio beforehand, debriefing on this episode, it made me think like, oh, but we've had so much fun. So a little bit grief as well on letting go. Where are you at? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. On one hand, it's a it's a bit of a, a relief because doing a podcast is probably way more work than than you you realize. Even you know, even we realized up front. We know we have that time and energy to put into other projects and other things. But then there's that uh, pride of what we built, and I think we spent a lot of time thinking about guests and thinking about direction of the podcast and where we wanted it to go and developing it into business dharma because it started off as conversations with kim which was just a, a fluffy fly by the seat of our pants conversation podcast and then it went into a really distinct focus and every episode had a, a through line that we focused on we selected the guest based on that so yeah i think that we we put a lot into it and it, it'll be sad to see that part go yeah, I, I'm i kind of in this season right now. I'm like, be okay with endings because I think you can't call on the next until you're okay with saying goodbye to something. But it doesn't mean there's not some remorse of like, oh, yeah, there's some grief there. So that being said, today's a celebration more than anything on what we've accomplished as well as the guests that we've had. I think we've met some cool people. We've both grown for skills and we just wanted to share that with our listeners in this goodbye episode. Yeah, absolutely. So what uh, what did we learn as we grew with this podcast? Oh man, you want to jump straight into learnings. I I think for <laughs> me there there was a couple things and this ties into the ending is you said this right from the bat you're like it is a lot of work to develop a podcast. And I think in some ways I underestimated the work that goes into doing a good production in a podcast. And I say this because I have conversations for a living, hence the first podcast conversations with Kim. I'm like, oh, I could easily just take these conversations and move them onto an audio forum. But what I quickly came to see when I was doing podcasts is you've got such a distinct period of time to get to the substance and juice of a conversation because you lose your audience so fast. Like there's a thousand podcasts out there that if you're not like sexy and funny and like all the information, like right up front, people are like, peace out because it's the attention economy, right? And there's a lot of competitors in this attention economy. So a couple of things I learned is if you're going to do something, do it fully. 
And then there's a lot of things that I learned from the guests that we'll talk about. But I want to talk about this first point on if you're going to do something, do it fully. I'm all for dabbling and experimenting and playing, but I think you get to a point where at least I got at you've touched and felt enough things that you get the clarity on where and what you want to excel in. And what I found is I underestimated the work that goes into doing a quality production. And as I started to realize that was at the same token that I was realizing how much I love my writing and the process of writing and expressing myself through writing and the work that we were doing to make some of that writing visual. And it was like every month, my limited time bucket was like, are you going to put it into developing a quality podcast? Or are you going to put this time into developing your writing skills and going deeper? And so to like, quote, you told me this months ago on Matthew McConaughey, where he looked at his life and he was like, I was a B dad. I was a B great actor. I was a B husband. So essentially performing at a B at everything. And he looked at his life and he's like, I want to be an A at something. And I think that's just where I got to with the podcast was like, I'm a B podcast host. My writing is a B every month. My coaching still takes precedent. And I think I was coming in closer to an A at that. But for the extracurriculars, it's like something has to give so that I can take it to that next level. And so that that's the decision to end the podcast is like, let's focus on the writing. Let's focus on the storytelling and let's be an A. And so for me, that part's writing, but it's interesting because you've had a big evolution in this journey too, where it's like you learned how to produce and edit a podcast quite quickly. And like some of the edits, I'd be like, oh, Tanner, this one's going to be tough to edit and you can turn it around. But at the same token, you've been developing your art and skill as a visual storyteller and a videographer. And it's like, that feels like the part of you that's growing. And so I, want, I don't want to steal your story, but tell me for you. So my ending is I want to focus on writing and I don't want to be a B grade or a C grade podcast host to do it. That's my why. What's your why on why we're ending this? Yeah, I think just to backtrack for a second, I think we're both in the same place where we have a lot of things on our plate and we, we mutually agreed that it was one of those things. If we're going to continue on with the podcast, we wanted to clear some space on our on our plates and double down on it, or we wanted to walk away uh, because I do think we achieved our initial goal, which we will get to with the podcast. But yeah, for me, I've been, I'm a writer as well and a musician and a filmmaker. And I was really doubling down on, on learning and growing as a filmmaker and a videographer. And I think that once we, once we started talking about it, the, the commitment to a podcast is just, bigger and bigger and bigger. Even the podcasts that I listened to, you know, 10 years ago that I used to love when I go back and visit them now, they they're they're lacking to me just because the bar just keeps on rising and rising. And and so I I I worked on a podcast before through an educational institution and but I never thought about you know marketing that podcast. I never thought about the direction of that podcast. I I they, they told me who I was interviewing. I showed up, I did the work, I made a sound the best I could. And I delivered the podcast and I didn't care about what happened with it beyond that. So this podcast was completely different. You know, we changed formats halfway through and we rebranded and we were always thinking about where the podcast was going and, and the the big picture. So yeah, it was a it was a a, a masterclass in 
like how to start and how to sustain a podcast. And I'm proud of where we ended up and how to market a podcast. And I think that we, like I said, we did accomplish our goal. And just to, just to state what that was, it was from my, my perception anyways, was we wanted to build a network and we wanted to have these conversations with people that, especially during COVID, we wouldn't have the opportunity to sit in a room and have one-on-one conversations with. And these people that were close to you in some way or near to you, either business-wise or personally, or you or you were curious about that we wanted to kind of expand into our network. And a lot of these time, times we, we talked to people, it wasn't the last time we spoke to them. It was the, it was the beginning of a relationship. And we always kind of joked around that this is part of our business arm network or autumn goose network. And I think that's kind of, it felt like we built a community through the podcast, which is, I think, unique. I I think you're hitting on like the why start the, why do you even start a podcast? And that I agree. Like to me, what felt like a success about this endeavor was we were pretty clear that like from a business standpoint, podcasting is red ocean. So blue ocean is the clear open space. There's not a lot of competitors. Red ocean is saturated and it's like, There's a lot there and to actually succeed takes um, a huge amount of grit. And I loved how you said like the the podcast market, even in the last 10 years have changed because the production value of the people that you're competing for attention with is so much higher than yours. So when it comes to why start a podcast, I think you have to be really clear on what's your end game. And when you and I figured out, it was like, we want to have meaningful conversations and expand our network. It was like a brilliant tool for us to slide into somebody's DMs and they're willing to have a conversation with us on podcasts. We're interested in their business, their philosophy, their thought leaders. And it was an easy way for us to say like, yeah, come be a part of our network, start that relationship <laughs> where without the podcast, I think some of, some of the people might not be in our network today. So I I agree with you. I think we totally achieved our goal on that. And it's just interesting sitting at this space being like, and we've reached the maturity with that goal. Like we've got a great network. People are listening to our stories in other realms. And there's like this new maturity or next phase of where we are. Yeah, I think we exhausted that. You know, we made lists at the outset of people we wanted to speak with. And, you know, some of them were existing contacts, but some of them were, you know, these pseudo dream guests or business guests that we wanted to get in a room and have a conversation and build that relationship with. And we, I think we exhausted that and we achieved that goal. So for us to continue with business Dharma, we would have had to set our sights a little higher and figured out what that next phase of evolution would have been. Yeah. And invest. I think as you and I talked about when we were like, do we keep this going or do we call it? It's like, if we're going to keep it going, you and I are both people where it's like, we have to be getting better at that. And the questions came to our minds. It's like, well, where do we want to be getting better? Do we want to be getting better at podcasting just to be better podcast casters and keep this alive? Or do we want to be getting better at, on your end, the visual storytelling? And on my end, the writing, which has been something that I've always aspired to do more of, but like every probably writer in the world find it challenging to actually sit my ass down and do it. (laughs) Yeah, because the podcast was it was writing and it was production and it was the same, it was the same skills, but we're just allocating those skills to the podcast. To the podcast, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, 
I think we've got the why are we ending? I want to I want to flip this to you though, back to the learnings on. So aside from the skills that we learned, what did you learn from the episodes? We met some like pretty rad people. Yeah, well, one thing I learned is that you have a lot of sage friends in, and contacts that surround you. And then you had a lot of other sage now friends that that were, you know, just outside that layer of friends in the next layer that you reached out to and that we spoke to that that fit the bill really well. So I think that there was there's a commonality with every guest we had on. Everyone had something to teach and we we didn't we never had any duds, which is you know, I mean they were they were clearly vetted uh well. But yeah, we never had anyone that came on there that that completely dropped the ball. Like everyone had uh, a completely different perspective and it had a lot of wisdom to add and there's a lot of like specifics that stick out to me. You know what's crazy is I'm having like a learning moment just right now as you shared that is I've heard so many people say this like Tim Ferriss is famous for saying this is like you become who you surround yourself by and I like you hear it a bunch of times but I'm just having this aha moment on like I, I think if you want to grow as a human you have to look out and say kind of who are the people who already embody some of those characteristics of which I might want to emulate. And once you can identify that, it's can I have a relationship and not just a relationship to be a taker, but can I develop authentic relationships with people that I can learn from, I can go from, and that are living aligned with their values and doing something epic in the world. And kind of you just gave me a mirror moment on how how truly important that is as we navigate our our way in the world and try to find our own journeys is we're not meant to go alone it's like find surround yourself with some like-minded people and the odds that you're going to turn into somebody that you're proud of that you've got a supportive network that you've got creative ideas to bounce off of i think just amplifies when you put that type of circle around you yeah, then that you know that that wisdom has been echoed in so many different statements. Your combination of your five closest friends and you know and that can... yes, isn't that something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I I firmly believe that. I love that your combination of your five closest friends. I I think that's so telling. The other one I love, Kay. I have to do this. Is I often say water seeks its own level too. Ah, I like and, that one. Yeah, so it's like I'll I'll use this with clients when they're like complaining about their husband or partner or spouse I'll say well you know (laughs) water seeks our own level where where are the parts of them that you're seeing that you maybe don't like that are in you because I I totally agree you become what you surround yourself by and I I think it's so important to do that consciously yeah let's talk about episodes specifically what is there any episodes or particularly people or, or wisdom that kind of stick out to you yeah, for for sure. I I love leading with hope right now. And I think because we have such a negative narrative in the mass media, people that lead with hope, I think are the people that we need to be looking at. And so one of the episodes that really stuck out for me was Grant Strem with Proton Technologies. And the reason being is when we talk about what happens when we unlock clean energy for all and give everybody access to energy. He's like, well, it's a cultural renaissance. He's like, because every time we're burning carbon, it represents a waste and essentially money being wasted in the system and effort is needed to create that money that then ends up at waste. He's like, you're essentially removing the waste 
which means you're freeing up the human capital capital to imagine, to innovate, to create. And he's like, that's how you build healthy communities is you free that constraint of the energy that we're wasting. And it just kind of like opened my mind because I think so much of the energy conversation right now is about reduction and um, really, I haven't heard anybody talk about the energy conversation from an abundance lens. When we live in an economy of abundance, it frees up our human resources to innovate, create, and actually tackle our most pressing problems versus focusing on just trying to get by day to day. For you, what was your favorite episode? There's a lot, and there's a lot of like little nuggets of information that sit with me, and there's some some grandiose ideas that sit with me. But one <laughs> piece of advice that really stuck out with me was your husband Dylan's episode, where he was talking about advice from his father. And his father said, you know, when he's around 20 or something, he said, if you don't know what you want to do, go out and find what you don't want to do. And I just think that's such a practical way to address that issue that of so many young people would feel. Cause you can say, you know, these bullshit terms, like trust the process and stuff like that, but it doesn't give you anything tangible to go off. But if you just reframe it and say, finding what you don't want to do is just as valuable as finding what you do want to do. Then it takes those times where you feel hopeless and lost and saying, you know, there's still meaning to this. There's still purpose to this. There's still like, this is still part of my, my journey and there's value to it. And I shouldn't discredit it just because it's not the the peak. I love that. That sticks with me on a daily basis. I love that. I want to dig into that. I, I think that's such a important lens though. And it ties to some of the growth mindset that some of our other guests like Angela Jamison brought in when she was talking about that growth mindset as a growth mindset fails at something. And instead of looking at it, like it is a failure, there's something wrong with me I'm down the wrong path, just looks at it as information. And I think that's so important, not just as the message that we would have told our 20 year old self, but I think Anytime you're navigating your journey in life is like, if you have that kind of, I used to have somebody in my network who would say, have your antenna up, always kind of scanning, you're getting in a lot of good information and like a full body no to something like whether it's an invite to an event that you don't want to go to, or you're offered a new job, that's really good information. And I think so often we like, use that as evidence of either a, we're failing or B, I'll never figure it out. And like that reframe helps you think like, no, actually, this is great information. I've just learned something about myself. I've often thought about my career as a pinball machine in that if you look at my resume, it's like, boop, 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 boop. it's kind of all over the place. But if I look back on my journey, it's like, no, I'm actually just really had a clear sense of when I was in an organization, when I stepped into something that wasn't working and that discernment to be like, no, it's it's time to make a move because there is something that's going to work if I take these lessons and learnings. So yeah, I totally with you on that one. Yeah. So what else sticks out to you for episodes? When we first discussed this episode, I, I wouldn't have guessed I would have been quoting from this episode, but you had your your wise sage auntie on the podcast and um, she brought a lot of wisdom from someone who's lived a full life. But one thing she talked about was Shut on yourself and don't let other people shut on you. Yes. And I'm, you know, as, as a 37 year old, I'm starting to get to the age where every once in a while I'm finding myself shooting people. Yes. And I, I was never aware of that until I heard her say that. And I'm very conscious of that now. And I really am trying to remove that from my, 
vocabulary and trying not to um not to put that on someone else because because I, I, I see what she means and i see how that's not my place even the conversation of the don't shit on yourself. Like sometimes when I wake up in the morning and it's like, I've got a pretty, I've got a pretty solidified routine. It's like meditation workouts. Like that's like every day, but some, some days when I'm not feeling it, I'll notice that I should go for a run. And I always catch myself. I'm like, you could, I'm like, you have options. You're not a martyr. Like you, the world is free and open. You could go for a run. And that little swap from should to could just takes it from this like top down dictator, not being very friendly to ourselves to this open on. I'm a human with choice and I could go for a run. I could stay sleeping for another half hour. Yeah, exactly. Um, Another episode that I think we talked about more than almost any other episode, because it was was a big one for us at the time was the Tony Chapman episode. And the, if you boil that down, the, sentiment that he was getting across was open that dialogue don't be afraid to have these conversations with people that you think you might disagree with or you might not see eye to eye with like um uh welcome these conversations because that's the pillar of our society and i i that i think also we did that episode probably the most like felt like one of the most tumultuous times in the world it was just you know we were in like the heart of lockdown and and you know every time you we lived on the internet and every time and on tv and through these screens every time we turned on the saw any media it was just people like not getting along and not having these conversations so that one it was challenging and it was a challenging time to try to take that information yeah i i love i love that i use so much of that premise in the work that i do in clients and like desmond tutu says he's like if you want peace he's like don't talk to your friends talk to your enemies and I think Tony Chapman was really calling us into that sentiment of if, if we're so upset about either your A for lockdowns or B against it, it's like you don't need to be talking to more people who share that like-minded scenario, which is crazy because it's addictive for us. When you're talking to somebody who's like, you're a bunch of right people and the other people are wrong, you can actually feel the physiological change in your body. There, There's something that happens where our minds feed off that. But when it comes to truly creating a resolve and moving forward and like taking down those bridges, you have to listen. And I loved Tony Chapman's um like like some of the things that he was saying on it, if we don't do this, he's like, here's what it's what's at stake. He's like, democracy is actually at stake if we cannot listen to other people's views. And I I think from an individual, it's easy to think, well, no, my, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm not listening to my crazy uncle who thinks XYZ. But I think his challenge really is was to each individual on like, are you creating a moat around your beliefs? and only lowering the drawbridge down to welcome in people who are exactly like you? Or are you actually opening yourself up to that discomfort of hearing somebody's words that are triggering an emotional response and still trying to understand where they get to? So I, I agree. I think it was timely when we had it. And I loved even the process of learning more about Tony Chapman and listening to some of his other podcasts. Cause I think he has as somebody who's maybe in the latter half of his career and he's seen a lot of these changes come about I think he offered an an interesting lens and and still continues to he's quite active on social media on uh, what we need to do to be engaged citizens uh, versus just kind of solidify our viewpoints even more 
You know what episode I loved that we didn't really talk about too much, but I really enjoyed the conversation. That was uh, Tina. Yeah, she was the wildlife biologist who had worked with Indigenous communities on the preservation of caribou. And that, so she just broke my heart when she was talking about the current state of the barren ground caribou. And when she was talking about the traditional knowledge that she's gained from working with Indigenous communities on how so much of what science is proving now with the studies she's been doing over years, she's like, people knew the second that I touched down in that community exactly what was needed to preserve the caribou, the things that were happening that were disturbing their populations. And she's like, and then the data came and she used the example of some of the elders saying they don't like the high transmission lines and nobody really knew why they didn't like the high transmission lines. And then years later, the data came out that it's like it actually emits a rays that their eyes can see and that's why they avoid it. So I I loved that episode because I saw her just so much humility in her words and this ability to learn from people who aren't necessarily exactly like her. And to figure out a way on how do you, which I think is so timely right now, because we're realizing we've been pushing this Western lens, which has its benefits, but there's other ways of knowing that can augment that and create better solutions. And I see Tina as somebody who's doing that on the ground level of how do you take this Western way of knowing and actually bring in Indigenous knowledge to create something that's going to genuinely uh, try to improve habitat and lifestyle for species. Yeah, I'm super glad you brought up that that uh, that episode and that example because that was such a a powerful one. And she did find peace with, in a way, she found this peace with accepting this this duality that existed in her everyday life between ancient wisdom and uh, proving th- something through a scientific method. Yeah. So if we were to kind of leave our favorite episodes and talk about what's next. What do you see next for yourself as your videography is starting to take off and you're starting to tell stories like in, so what's next for you when it comes to this storytelling as we close this chapter? Yeah, I think that what I think with the podcast is a big ask, right? Like to, to ask someone to, to listen to 30 minute to an hour podcast is, is just, it's a big ask of someone in this day and age. And like you said, with video, you have the power to condense that because you can get a message across faster and more effectively because you have more tools to work with. I think it's taking that same notion of, you know, with, with these each podcast episode, we were distilling down this person or this organization or this idea into a concise story. And that's what the video stuff is. It's learning to do that, just respecting a different medium and using more tools like music and text and these motion pictures and all the different tools that are available for someone. And, and just recognizing that that medium is becoming not the only medium, but it's becoming the preferred medium of how we communicate as video right now. And it's not, it's trying to adapt and uh, also embrace my love for film and, and try to, get your personality in there and, and your values and, and do it in a way that's uh, you feel good about in the end. If you could, and I know I haven't thrown this question to you before, but if you could tell any organization, institution, or person's story right now, whose story would you tell? What I'm trying to hyper-focus on is some of these smaller 
people or smaller organizations that have fallen under the radar that mm-hmm. might be regionally specific to me that if I don't do it, nobody else will. So I'm trying to find these really niche, small stories that are, yeah, like I said, regionally specific to me and tell those. So one of with the last documentary project that I worked on, Chess for Life, and that was a cool progressive idea that was at the University of Lethbridge where they took youth with a criminal record and as part of their sentence, they let them let them learn, taught them the art of chess because it's a game on on strategy. And the, the notion is that, or the theory was that it would help these kids make better decisions and equip them with these new thought tools. And so that is a, a regionally specific story that I, I, at least at the time, no one was going to tell. And by me telling that that documentary has become a tool for them to expand their network, to receive funding, to grow their organization. So it's become a, a really important tool. So that's super important to me. And then looking around at these, you know, these different characters and people I meet that I'm like, if I don't do this, no one else is going to do this. And I think this person is worthy of having their story told. And so that's maybe where I'm hyper-focusing on right now. I love that. The image that comes to me is like you kind of picking up rocks and it's like, you're not going for like what's obvious on top, but you're like, what's, what are these incredible stories that are right beside me that really, if we go back to listening, just, just need a audience to actually hear. Yeah. 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 Precisely. So Kim, as we mentioned earlier in this episode, we were talking about the, the workload of a podcast. And now that that's being removed off your plate, I know you're still running a business and you know it's not like you have all the time in the world, but what's next? What are you going to work on? Yeah. Well, thanks for the question. I Again, it comes back to the, the two things. So we had a newsletter running concurrently as we had the podcast and the newsletter always had this monthly blog. And what I found as we were doing our work is that once we started to make the monthly blogs visual, people really connected with the writing in a way that they weren't connecting necessarily with the podcast. Some people were, but like you said, it's a big time commitment. You want to give, let me give 30 to 50 minutes of my life where once we started making the writing visual, I think it became obvious that that, that was the place that a, our network that we, that we love and that we've grown really responds to. And then B, when I think about what brings me to life, um, ever since I was a kid, I have loved writing. And writing has been something that I dig, touch in and move out. I touch in and move out. And I'm at this point where anytime I do it and I fully give myself to the process, I hit flow. Things that are inside me come alive that don't come alive when I'm in other mediums. I can say and do and move things with words that I can't necessarily say when I'm just trying to articulate things in sentences with people. And I'm at this point where I want to give myself more to the writing process. I heard a podcast recently that said, people don't get writer's block. They have fear of bad writing. (laughs) Mm, I like that. Oh, I love that too. I was like, yes. And so I I think I touch in and if I have something great to share, I'll share it. But I don't commit myself to the process or let myself be viewed as a writer, even though there's like this deep call in my soul to like write, write more. And when I do hit it, I get a lot of positive feedback from people that are like, oh, maybe there is something here. So when it comes for me, what's next is I want to be consciously and as we move into 2023, creating more time for that writing and putting in that time and effort to get through 
um, like again, what this podcast said, to get through the periods of bad writing, because if you write enough, you get somewhere good to where I'm giving myself uh, not fully to the art, the business is still going really strong, but giving myself to that art and medium with the goal, you know, I talked about, I don't even want to say this out loud, because then I'll have to hold myself to it. But with the goal of eventually writing a book that brings these concepts that we've been touching lightly in business dharma, but brings them to life through, through a book, uh, through the lens of my life, my learnings, as well as some of the teachers that have inspired me. Yeah, I saw that. I think one of the things we did was we took we we took a piece that you had written previously, and this the piece I'm talking about is called "Here Be Dragons," where you took this historical research and applied it as a call to action with a modern lens, which is really an interesting way to kind of distill that information. And it really worked. At, it really worked as a standalone piece, but then just as an experiment, we took it and we added you know, a visual component to it. And we added some music to it and we had you narrate it. And it's, it went over really well as a written piece, but then we put it with all those components and put it online. It just really, uh, you saw a, a whole nother audience kind of um, develop an appreciation for it. And we got to see it kind of perform online. That was, that was neat. Yeah. And I, I think when it comes to one of the, one of the lessons, not just from the podcast journey, but from the whole entrepreneurship journey has been try a hunch. Like when you have a hunch, a hunch is worth its weight in gold. Like don't ignore your hunches, put some time and effort to it and prove it out and then use the data that you get from that. And I think that's exactly what we did is we had a hunch, we put it out, put the product out there. And that was something that our audience, we got a lot more response from that. And I think for us, it's given us the impotence that it's like, well, let's again, stop being a B at all of these things and start focusing our time so we can be an A on a little bit of that. So for me, I'm hoping what's next is more more storytelling, more time to write, and more of those visual pieces that come come together and make it easily digestible for our audience. Yeah, I think through that process, you've like whether you're a realize it or not, I, I, I see it happening is that you developed this, that you're, you're, you've developed your own style and there's like, there's this, this voice that's been slowly coming through. And now I think it's an exciting time to explore that. I appreciate, I just want to say like how much I appreciate you've been calling me out on my writing. And I always say we can't see ourselves without a mirror. And as having you as my producer, as well as my editor has been huge and like, oh no, there is a voice here. So I really appreciate that through this process. And it's, it's something that Maybe not necessarily that I've learned. I guess I have learned, but it's also something that I'm immensely grateful for. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I feel like we both had a bit of a masterclass in the art of communication, human storytelling in the in the last year through the podcast and through the all the other work we've done together. Yeah. So I, I guess this is goodbye for the business dharma, but it's a uh, stay tuned for what's next, both from Tanner and uh, telling those local regional stories, as well as those stories for not-for-profits. And from my end on, can I tell the story of being human inspired by historical teachings in modern times? <laughs>